This sermon audio is presented to you by Pastor Tommy Brandon and Calvary Church of Fort Worth. For more information, visit our website at calvaryftw.com. Against all odds, it's a series that we're in. Uh, We're in the middle of a series called Against All Odds. This is part number three this morning. And on Father's Day, I just want to go to the to the word of the Lord and enjoy our time together. And then you can go and have a wonderful day with your family. Against all odds. We started our series out uh, with looking at the sense of being disqualified or not, not being enough, not having enough to change your world. I'm going to recap briefly. If you'll recall the first Sunday that we dealt with this topic, we, we uh, identified that we have this thing called the world that we're all living in, but then we also have this smaller scope of things that's your world. Your world, to sum it up, are those that you're sitting with on the pew this morning, or those that you're going to eat lunch with, those that you'll work with this week, those that uh, you spend your, your vacation time, that's your world. And you have influence in your world. And God wants to use you to change your world. And then, in one last bit of recap, if we will all be focusing at, on our world, we'll end up changing the world. But you're going to have to have the confidence and the faith that you literally are the person that God wants to use to change your world. Someone say, I receive that. Yeah, it's you. God wants to use you to change your world. And then last Sunday, we talked about uh, moving beyond our past. Our past oftentimes makes us feel like we can't change our world because everybody in our world, they know (laughs) our past. And they might call us out and say, how dare you try to shape me in the ways of the Lord when you didn't live for the Lord for the first 10 years of our marriage, or, or you didn't live for the Lord when, when all through my junior high years, Dad, and now you are wanting to teach me the ways of the Lord? Well, the good news is God wants to use your past as the greatest uh, opportunity to reach someone else because your past really is your story, and your story matters. Someone say, my story, story it matters. matters. Yeah, every down, every up, every ebb and every flow, every mountaintop and every valley, your story matters. God, he does not waste anything that you've been through because you belong to him. And he can take it all and whip it up and make it special to be a blessing to someone else. Well, this morning, I continue with the theme of the series, but we're going to go in a slight different direction as a subtopic this morning, and I want to talk to us about this. It's a little cliche. It's a little fun statement uh, as I use this morning. It's not what you know. It's you already knew where I was going. It's not what you know. It's who you know. There was a reporter one time that was so interested in a wealthy, bright, established, young entrepreneur. And this reporter wanted to know how this cat made all his money so quickly. 
So we set up an appointment with this young entrepreneur, and he said, is there any way that you will grant me a few minutes of your time where I can ask you some questions about how you've achieved your success, and if you're okay with it, I'd love to take some notes and maybe share it with, with our community, because we all admire what you've been able to do, and we all want to reach success. Could you just kind of share with us your story of how you've made it? Gentleman kind of hung his head held, uh, his head down with a little bit of, you know, humility. He said, well, I don't really know much, but I'll share with you what I do know. And the reporter got all excited, gets his pen out, gets his notebook out. He says, okay, sir, just let's start from the beginning. And the young entrepreneur said, well, you know, it probably started when I got married. And when I got married, I didn't have anything. My wife and I, we were, we were so broke. We got so down. You may not believe this, sir, but all we had was five cents to our name. That's it. Reporter's writing this down. Five cents, that's amazing. He said, because I know where you are today financially. He said, yes, but it started with just five cents. I took my nickel and I went down and I bought the best apple that I could find. I took that apple and I polished it with my own hands. I, and I cleaned it up real good and made it real shiny, and I found the right buyer, and I sold that apple for 10 cents. Oh my gosh, wow, that is, that is miraculous, that's amazing. What'd you do next, sir? He said, I took the 10 cents, went back and bought two more apples, took them and polished them up real good, made them beautiful and perfect and shiny, found me a couple more buyers and sold them for 10 cents each. Wow, that's amazing. I see it. It's the, it's the snowball effect. That's right. It's the snowball effect. What'd you do next? Well, I guess if, I, if my memory's right, it was about that time that my father-in-law died and he left us $20 million. <laughs> Hey, it matters who you know, Jack. It matters who you know. <laughs> some of you are already like, we got to go buy Whole Foods and get some apples. <laughs> it matters who you know, man. We're talking about against all odds. All of us in this room, at some point, we have felt like we have sensed that we just never came around the right person to open up the right door at the right time for our lives. It seems like maybe you feel like that your network is just not quite where it needs to be. You might look over here on this side of the church or look over here on this side of the church and say, well, I know them. We went to high school together, but you know, his uncle got him on down there at the plant and everything changed for him. Or you might look back here and say, well, I know those folks. They're good people, but they're just like us. But I remember when he met that one lady that opened up that door of opportunity at that job and everything changed for them. It doesn't seem like anything's ever gonna change for us. The only people we meet are people that want stuff from us, never wanting to give us anything. The only people we rub shoulders with are those that have less than us and we're always having to bail them out. When are we ever gonna meet that certain someone 
or that certain group that are going to get us advanced and get us out of this pit that we're in into a place of happiness and a place of success. The truth be known, uh, from a cultural standpoint, it really is about who you know. Because if you do meet that right person, uh, I say it this way, we're just one person away from everything changing in our world. Uh, whether it's a friendship, uh, maybe you're an individual that, you know, you have people in your life, but you don't have that true, deep, loving friend in your world. You have a lot of acquaintances, but you're just one person away from making a friend for a lifetime. Or possibly it's a love relationship. Maybe, maybe there's some single uh, men or women here today, and, 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 and you know, you've dated here and there, and possibly you've even been married in the past, and, and unfortunate circumstances have come, and you find yourself single now. Uh, the truth is, don't give up on people, because you're just one person away from everything changing from a love standpoint. So just stay with me for a moment. You'll never be all that you can be if you're determined to do it alone. You'll never know all there is to know if you're determined to do it alone. You'll never go where you truly want to go if you're determined to do it alone. God's plan for all of our lives is not to be that maverick that is just determined to live life in a lonely state because we all have our breaking point, we all have our limits, we all have that, that threshold that we can't move beyond on our own. We have to have others. I'm gonna make it plain this morning where all of us understand. I need you, you need me, and we all need each other, and I got one better than that. We all need people that aren't even in this room today. We need other people in our lives to help us get to where we want to go. Now, someone might say, oh, Pastor Tommy, I'm not real convinced about that. All I need is myself and the Lord. That's, that's a real good thought, but that's not what God believes. God believes that you need others in your life. Are you tracking with me this morning? And I know that if we really pulled back the layers and if we really wanted to get extremely black and white true, all you do need is the Lord. But the flip side is God needs you to have other people in your life. We talked about a young man by the name of David recently. It was just a few weeks ago we talked about David and how David was that overlooked boy uh, stuck out in the middle of the pasture and how he was the last on the list. Matter of fact, we even got a little emotional that day. Here it is, Father's Day, and we talked about this, that his own father overlooked him. His own dad forgot about him out there working so hard, tending to his, his, his livestock, that his own dad forgot about him, Miguel. But David... Uh, once he took upon that anointing from Samuel, once he walked into that new uh, rites of, through the rites of passage in his life and he found himself uh, fighting a great giant and he took that giant down, 
the word spread to the king of time, uh, King Saul, and Saul said, I need to keep this young man close to me. And Saul became a key figure in David's life. And Saul moved David into his house, into the palace. Here's what some people, uh, let's talk about this for a moment, this whole idea of needing someone and connecting with someone. Uh, some people call it the hookup. If anybody ever said, hey man, do you have a hookup down there at the Chevy dealership? Do you have a hookup down there at, the, at, at, at Dillard's that can help me out? Everybody ever heard that word hookup? In the second service, that word means something totally different than it does in this service. I'm not gonna ask that second service. Anybody know about a hookup? People be like, last night, hooked up. <laughs> like, don't say that in church. But the hookup means some things to other people. Here's a, y'all are just now getting it. That kills me. People right now are like, I, I get it. Oh, that's awful. That's terrible. But that's real. <laughs> that's true. Hey, but here's another way of saying the same thing. How about the inside track? You got the inside track on that stock? You have the inside track on when they're hiring? Do you have the inside track to be able to move my resume up on top? You can call it hookup, you can call it inside track. My way of saying the same thing is, do you have a connection? Man, I love working the connections. If I have to eat in a restaurant of somewhere that I've never been before and I have no idea who owns it, I have no idea who the staff is versus a restaurant that I actually know the owner, take me to the one that I know because I feel connected to that. Or when you're buying something, uh, whether it's a vehicle or insurance or a pair of shoes or whatever it is, there's something unique and special about buying from someone that you're connected to. You feel like you're getting the hookup. You feel like you're getting the inside track. You feel a connection with this individual. Is this making sense? There's nothing better than getting pulled over by a cop for speeding and you know him. Talk about the hookup, not the lockup. You know this guy. He knows you, and he gives you the old wink, wink. Pastor, man, you gotta slow down. I will. <laughs> now, for real, pastor, this is three times this month. I know, third time's a charm. All right, here's your warning. Thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Saul, Saul became a connection. Everybody say connection. He became a connection to David's future. Now, for all of us in the room that might be Christian by many years and you might know the story of David, we also know that Saul became an enemy to David. But God has a way of even using people that hate you to connect you and take you to where God wants you to be. That's why you can't burn bridges, man. That's why you can't hate on people. That's why you can't cut people out of your life too quickly because God can take people that don't even like you and connect it to your future. Saul said, David, I need you to live in my house. I need you to be a part of my palace. I need you to come and live here. Guess what happened? David fell in love with Saul's daughter. They fall in love. He becomes best friends with his son. 
all of a sudden, David's life's plan, God's plan for his life is starting to unfold. The puzzle is starting to make sense. You're just one person away from everything changing in your life. You're just one introduction at Target. You're just one interview away. You're just one uh, school teacher away, that class that you're dreading come fall in your next business class. That one professor could end up being a mentor for life. You're just one person away. David's life found love and friendship even from the one that hated him. Are you seeing what I'm saying? So David all of a sudden finds a woman in his life. He finds a good friend on his side. And then everything started to change because David had the anointing to be the next king, but yet he wasn't yet. The anointing of God will always come upon you before you walk in the moment that you're anointed for. There's a season where God comes down, touches your life, and you enter into this time of preparation to where God's taking you. Are you tracking with me? All of a sudden, Michael knows that the favor of God is upon David. Jonathan knows that the blessing of God is upon David. David knows that the hand of God is upon himself. Everybody was getting the clue but Saul. Saul wasn't tuned in. Saul was insecure. Saul was terrified of this boy that just killed this giant a few years back. So all of a sudden, he's on guard. He's in defense mode, and he starts thinking, he's my enemy, and I'm going to have to keep my enemy close. Matter of fact, I hate him so much, I'm going to try to kill him. Even though he's got the heart of my daughter, he's got the friendship of my son, I'm going to take this young man out. So let's, let's catch up with where we are. Some of you are drifting. You're thinking about Father's Day gifts. It's just a tie. Don't worry about the tie. We'll get there in a few hours. All of a sudden... What's happening is David's got a major problem with his father-in-law. Anybody got in-law problems? Don't raise your hand if they're here. There's nothing like a problem like an in-law problem. David's father-in-law's hating his guts, wanting to take him out, wanting to kill him. So he spends his life terrified about his father-in-law. And then we speed the story up. There comes a part of the story of David where Saul and Jonathan both die in war. And we see, Brother Patton, that, that the timing of God, all of this stuff works out, the puzzle, it's all coming into clarity, and now we have a new king. Before Jonathan ever passed away, a beautiful covenant was made between Jonathan and David without Jonathan's dad ever knowing about it. I'm not real sure if even David's wife knew about it. But Jonathan and David got together and said, here's what I know. My dad's a good man, but I know he's got his weird things he does. He's, he's very arrogant. He's leading our nation and our people out of his own desires and not by God. And I see the hand of the Lord on you. Is there any way 
right now today that you and I can make covenant with one another that you will always take care of my family because I know that you're going to be the man. You're going to be the king. And David, out of love for his friend, takes this deep heart covenant. See the connection? Saul played a role in getting David into the palace. But now David's playing a role in taking care of Jonathan's family. We need everybody that comes into our life. And David says, I make covenant with you. I will always take care of your family. So back to the story. Saul's dead. Jonathan's dead. David's the king. He's got the world by the tail. He's got his feet up. He's drinking from the goblet. He's eating whatever he wants to eat. Life is good. And out of some weird reason, he has this moment of sobriety in his thinking, and he thinks back to his friend. Oh, I made a covenant. I gave him my word. I wonder if there's anyone left in Saul's family because I got to honor my word. David took upon the burden to honor his word by blessing someone else. He was going to be one person that could change another person's life. And David put out the word. All the former servants of Saul, all of you that used to work in the palace under Saul's leadership, I know it's been years now, and I know you've moved on to other jobs, and I know that you've had to take on a whole new identity because I'm the new king. But if there's anybody out there that's serving in any other capacity, if there's anyone that knows that there's someone in Saul's family that's still alive, will you please let me know because I want to make a difference in their world. Why would you want to do that? That was your enemy's family. That was Saul's family. He was my enemy. But Saul's son, Jonathan, was my friend. And I made him a promise. And I don't want to break my word and some time went by, and one little lady walked up and said, I heard you're asking if there's anyone in Saul's family still around. It probably won't matter much to you, sir, but there's a little handicapped man. There's a little handicapped one. He's, he's challenged. His legs don't work right, and, and life has been really hard on him. And his name is Mephibosheth, and Mephibosheth is different. He's, he stands out in the crowd because he's not normal. He's got all of these hang-ups and handicaps and challenges, but he is a part of Saul's family. Mephibosheth? I remember that name. He's not just a part of Saul's family. That was Jonathan's son. I remember the tragic incident that handicapped that. You're telling me he's still around? Oh, yeah, he sits out. He's basically a beggar. He's an outcast. David takes his feet off his desk, and he puts his goblet down, washes his hand, cleans his face, prepares himself, a king, preparing himself, a king, combing his hair and putting some cologne on and making sure his coat was buttoned and he stands and, and he takes this rightful royal position but yet rather humble and says, please bring the grandson of Saul to this palace. 
Why are you going to do that? Are you going to kill this young man? He's just an outcast. He's not a threat to you, sir. He's never going to make a difference in a No, but I'm going to make a difference in his life. By what? By inviting him to the king's table. For what? To eat the king's food. For how long? For as long as he shall live. You're going to bring this little handicapped, messed up, jacked up little boy into your palace and treat him like family? He is family. How is he family? By covenant. Covenant with whom? With Jonathan. And all of a sudden, Mephibosheth was brought into the palace. Oh, I hope you hear this on Father's Day Sunday. And I hope you hear it whenever you start considering how life for you seems like always looking up to just see the bottom. How life for you always seems tougher than anyone else. Can I just tell you that God has someone that can make a difference in your world, but you cannot be closed off to someone helping you. You cannot be shut off by someone loving you. You cannot be closed off from someone caring about you. You are not strong enough to get through this life alone. You're not smart enough to make all the best decisions. You don't have the resource to be able to get you to where you want to go. God has ordained someone in your life that you may or may not even know right now that could make a difference for you. They could place an order in your company that would change your company forever. They could come into your life with a sense of loyalty where everyone else has backstabbed you and everyone's disappointed you, but they will prove themselves loyal. They can come into your world and love you when everyone else gives up on you. They will love you with unconditional love for who you really are. And David said, bring him in. And Mephibosheth came in trembling, I'm sorry, sir, what have I done? He says, son, you haven't done one thing except know the right person. The only thing you've done is know the right person. Who is the right person? I'm the right person because I'm about to change your world forever. How are you gonna do that, sir? Because you're about to take those rags off and I'm about to give you a royal robe. But sir, I'm not part of your family No, but you're a part of this lineage. You're a part of this blood. And I want you to know that everything's going to, but sir, I'm a little hungry right now. Well, get ready because you're fixing to eat the finest food you've ever seen before. Check this out. Watch this. And Mephibosheth lived the rest of his life when he spent hours, Brother Don Gentry, probably months, weeks, maybe years, thinking there's no way that my life's ever going to be different than me sitting on this street in these rags, miserable. Meanwhile, look at over there, David. Look at that. David's taking everything that we've ever wanted. But in turn, David's about to give him everything. The Bible specifically says that David gave everything that was Saul's to Mephibosheth. Gave him everything. Everything that was Saul's, you make sure he receives. Overnight, everything was different by one person. Now I want you to open up your heart with me this morning. Every single one of us in this room or Mephibosheth to some degree because we've been crippled 
by sin. We've been crippled by bad choices. We've been crippled by poor decisions. And the most beautiful thing that I can share with you this morning is that some 42 generations later, in the same bloodline of David, came a man that we know as God with us, Jesus Christ, that came to literally change your world. The reason for Jesus Christ coming to this world, as we even heard by lyrics of song, he came to become poor that you might become rich. He came to become lowly that you might become mighty. Jesus Christ came to make you sons and daughters of the king, the king of kings. Jesus Christ is the one, everybody say the one, that could change your life forever. If anything's gonna change for you, the greatest change is a spiritual heart condition change. After that, comes this world's change. But before this world's change, we gotta take care of our heart's condition. And Jesus can change your heart forever. Jesus Christ has come to forgive you of all sin. He's come to deliver you from all life's hangups. He's come to set you free from all of life's challenges. He's come to take you in your crippled condition in your, in, your, in your thinking, in your emotion, in your physical state, in your heart state. He's come to take that, change it all around, and to set you into a position of freedom, happiness, deliverance. He's come to set you at the king's table. And then you know what happens? God can get you on the path to lead you to the right people in this world, in this culture, that can bring the great blessings of heaven on your life. But the catch is, DJ, the catch is, Brother Davis, that we stay open to receiving all that God has for us. I ask you to stand this morning. I'm gonna ask a few of our prayer partners to come. I'm gonna do something a little bit different this morning. If a few of our prayer partners will come and join me. On this Father's Day Sunday, I'm, I, I desperately am reaching for someone to put something in your hand. I wanna give you something special today. What God wants to do for you is to give you a fresh start, a new beginning, he wants to give you another chance. Mephibosheth got another chance. David got another chance. All through the scriptures, we find men and women that were given other chances. Here's what I know, Miss Renita. You may never give me another chance. But God... He'll give me another chance. When the odds are stacked against you, when you think everybody's quit on you, when you have that feeling that 
you're in this all by yourself. You could be married and raising kids and still feel like you're all by yourself. You could have a full-time job and a great career and you might even have a few dollars in your pocket, but you might feel like you're all by yourself. Can I tell you that you're not alone? God's wanting to give you another chance at connection, at connection. Because it's not really what you know in this life. It's who you know. And Jesus wants to change your life, Nick, forever. With every head bowed and every eye closed, on this Father's Day, I bring you a gift. It's a simple word of devotion. It's a little book called Fresh Start. It will become a good friend to you for a new beginning in your life. With every head bowed and every eye closed, in closing this morning, I just simply ask you this question. Have you made Jesus Christ the head of your life? Is he truly your Lord and your Savior? Have you given him your past? Have you given him your future? Are you in a place right now that maybe you recognize that you've been trying to do this alone? You've been trying to make the best decisions you can make and make the best choices you can make, but you realize that you're not too good at that sometimes and you need someone else to coach you and counsel you. That would be the Holy Spirit. This morning, I'm gonna ask you to take a really big, bold step if you're ready to really invite Jesus into your life in lordship and let him give you a new start, I want you to lift your hand quickly. So all I ask you to do is just lift your hand. Prayer partners, make sure you're locking eyes. I want you to step back here and give these folks. Larry, I need you to step back here and give. have your hands up. Keep your hands up. Keep your hands up. I need to see you this morning. Trey Pierce, I honor you this morning, sir. God bless you, Trey. God's gonna do something great in your life. Is there anyone else? Got a hand up? We wanna make sure we reach you this morning. There's been several of you that have lifted your hand. This is an opportunity for you to just kind of start things over again and start with a clean slate, a new beginning. It's an opportunity for you to get connected to the one that can change everything for you. every head bowed once again I want to pray for you Lord Jesus I thank you for bringing people into my life that has helped me and changed me but Lord Jesus there's not a man on the planet earth or a woman that could do anything greater for me than what you can but I also know Lord that it's your plan to put me in the right network with the right people that could help me become all that you want me to be. You have fathers for me. You have mentors for me. You have life coaches for me. You have friends for me. But I can't really get there, God, if I'm still determined to do it on my own. I'm gonna have to get 
I'm going to have to erase some things out of my life and set back into a default setting and start over again. I need a fresh start. I need to, I need to get back to just where it's me and you. I need to get my heart right. And then this world can take on a new path. Right now, in the name of Jesus Christ, for these few that have lifted their hand, some six or seven people, I ask you to give them the courage now to get into the Word of God, clean their minds out, clean their hearts out, let things be deleted out of their life that's sinful, delete things out of their life, Lord, that's not appropriate for pleasing you. Let them repent of their sins, God, and let them take a deep breath of your love and forgiveness, and then, God, let them take off and soar like eagles into the future blessing them and keeping them, promoting them, advancing them, directing every step they take. I thank you for this in Jesus' name. And let's all clap our hands to the Lord.